Good morning, good morning, friends. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Ben Checknin Podcast. This is your host, Binium. I am a life recalibrator helping you recalibrate your past to rewrite your future. And I do that by seeing things usually that people don't see in their own circumstances. I have a gift for being able to understand development socially. And so my superpower, if you will, is to be able to see things that most would find baffling, confusing, uh, conflicting, and then propose some ways of going forward to make things line up in a way that is far more conducive and comfortable. This is the podcast, however, where we talk a little bit about how we get to be better versions of ourselves. We do so by focusing on three key pillars. Number one, awareness. Number two, kindness. And number three, happiness. These are the three key pillars I've sort of like centered on in the life of this podcast to say these are important in my experience. And as I continue, hello, Ms. Gunnell. Good to see you, my friend. As I focus on these three key pillars, it's my way of saying here's where I found tremendous help in my evolution towards a better me in my experience and I want to share those with you and I want to do so by displaying how I process various self-reflection questions that help me do a deep dive on myself that enable me to grow more aware to show kindness to myself in the midst of how I'm changing and finally to experience more happiness not to say that happiness is the be-all and end-all destination we want to legitimize all the emotions and feelings especially the ones that are challenging to cope with or deal with and so this is the podcast where we like to figure out and say what does this look like as we go forward to ensure that we are developing at a rate and a pace that is reflective of getting better not um, spiraling downwards i would say hey supreme good to see you how are you nice to have you guys joining on the live stream we've got the youtube of course the instagram and the tiktok live stream the recording of course goes on to the instagram youtube and spotify as well but today is the 25th i believe of november so glad to have you join in for today's episode of the Ben Checkman Podcast. Welcome to episode number 104. I am continually filled, filled with gr- uh, gratitude. Gratitude because this has become a part of my schedule, my life that is important. This is something that I do for me primarily so that I can work on me. And as I do so, I invite you into that process. I invite you into that experience to join me in some way in doing the same for yourself. And I think the more we're able to do this in a sense of community, the better facilitation we have in feeling like we're not alone in this endeavor, that we are not, you know, sort of like trying to sort things out and try to figure things out. It's far better when we get to experience these moments of focusing and uh, becoming better versions of ourselves when we can do that in community. So that's why I'm thrilled to have you and welcome you join uh, in joining this um, podcast. And uh, as we go forward, I hope and I want to hear how it has also been beneficial to you because that also continues to give me inspiration in going forward. Regardless, I would still be doing it. I'd still be doing it even when I have just a handful of followers. I still want to bring my best to the fore and serving those handful that are finding this beneficial. And so that's why I'm very grateful for you, my dear listeners, who are listening either to the live stream or to the recording in the aftermath. 
I feel this is something that is really worthwhile and important in the way I'm investing in it. And I feel I'll gather people around who are also on that same wavelength saying, this is important. So welcome to you. I value you and your time. And uh, let's dive into today's topic. Today's question we are asking that I put together. How often do you practice detaching? That's the question we're answering together. How often do you practice detaching? Hey, Nicole, how are you? Nice to have you joining in. Ms. Ganao says, I've been too long from... I've been too long from being using TikTok. I'm guessing you're saying you've used TikTok for a long time. Is that what you're saying? Um, yes. So glad to have you guys join in today's uh, question again that we are referencing. Hello, Kim. I see you on the Instagram too. Um, is how often do you practice detaching? Hmm. I came across this um, question. I actually put this question together as I was reading today's reflection and um, one of my books that I like to read on a daily reflection. And as I was refer- uh, considering this topic, it's one that I have never asked myself before. I'm not sure if when's the last time you were asked this question. How is your detaching game? How well do you detach? Now, I think for many of us, we already practice detaching in some extent or other. Uh, what is detaching? Uh, simply, it is to disengage, to sort of cut something out, to cease like connection, detach. If um, I could suggest the antonym, which is the opposite meaning of the word detach, I'd, I'd propose the word attach, attach, detach. So attaching is when you cleave to something, when you like clasp onto something, when you connect to something in a way that you're like, I want to be close to this. That's attaching. Detaching is the opposite, where you're like, um, away with you, <laughs> let's separate, let's split up, let's bring some distance in between. So that's what detaching is at a very basic level in my uh, understanding. So if that's what detaching is, the question is asking, how often do you practice detaching? Now, I want to sort of divvy up today's program into two sides, okay? I think there are context in which detaching is really helpful and necessary and important for one's health in whichever way that 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 healthy expression is and then secondly i think there are also contexts in which detaching are unhelpful are unhelpful in the sense of this is not going to do you good when you detach from this um what uh, scenario circumstance or person so there are helpful and healthy ways of detaching and unhelpful and unhealthy ways of detaching. So as we're answering today's question, I want you to be thinking, like I will be thinking, which of those two sides am I expressing this practice of detaching? So I, I'm i almost presuming that on an ongoing basis, we are practicing detaching. But the question is, is it a good kind of detaching or is it a kind of detaching where it's it, there's a bit of a pause where you're like, oh, I'm not sure if this is the best scenario or context in which it is currently being practiced. So consider that for yourselves while we explore today's topic of detaching. Now, detaching can't happen. I, I don't know if you've ever thought about this. It's not possible to detach. To, let me try that again. It's not possible to detach if you were or, or never attached in the first place. You can't detach from something that you never were attached to in the first place. Does that make sense? There's a necessary prerequisite on this topic today. 
that is that in some way you've attached in some context and now you're given that option of do I still remain attached or do I detach from this setting that you're considering. That's a really important thing to note. Do you see that? It's really important to note. You can't detach if you've already been attached. Let me see if I can give you um, a really simple example. Mimo, how are you? Good to see you. The topic we're asking is how often do you practice attaching? We were just saying, Mimo, that there are two different kinds in my perception of detaching. There's a helpful and healthy way of detaching from certain settings. And then there is the unhelpful or the unhealthy way of detaching. And so we're going to try to figure out where we kind of align with as we're answering today's question. How often do you practice detaching? It could be a very good practice that you're doing in some settings and it could be unhelpful in others or it might be all good or it might all be unhelpful. Where do you fit on that? And so I just finished making the point that it's not possible to, to detach. Ali, long time no see, as if, my friend. <laughs> good to see you, my friend. Um, how often do you detach? Um, you can't detach unless you're attached in the first place. Tavish, how are you, my friend? I appreciate you. Have a good rest. Uh, thank, you for, thank you for stopping in, my friend. Good to, to connect with you. Um, yes, so how often are you able to detach? But to detach, it implies that you first and foremost needed to be, yeah, to detach, you needed to be attached in the first place. This is getting confusing because these words sound so similar. Let me see if I can use different language. To detach or to disengage, you first of all needed to be connected or engaged. That's another way of saying that. Does that make sense to you guys? To be detached, you need to, first of all, be attached. And so what does that look like? For some of you, it may be relationships. You may be in some relationships whereby you're like, this is not a good place for me to be. This is not a good place for me to be attached. So you're attached at some point. You're like, I think this is a good idea. And who doesn't you know, plan the best way they can as far as what they can see in their periphery, right? But then there is that other corollary that... Over time, we find, hmm, this probably wasn't the best connection. This probably wasn't the best uh, um, point of engaging that I could have chose. But you didn't see that in the first place. This would, I, I would propose, be a great example for what detaching could look like. How could you detach in this setting here in a way that really makes um, a healthy context for you? Others of you perhaps are attached in another way. Maybe you are attached to a career where you're like, this isn't really good for me. It's not serving my mind. My mental health is going downhill. My physical abilities are just depleted because this job just saps energy out of me. It's not doing me good. Perhaps that's the scenario or the context in which you are being challenged to detach from and say, how can I see what other options I have in my future? Potentially. Still, for others of you, it might be something else that is still more challenging and, and out of your control. And that is in reference to circumstances you can't quite change, things that you'd like to detach from, but you're like, I'm kind of a sitting duck. I don't know how to move out of the setting because I'm kind of stuck in this zone. And so detaching may not be as easily accessible to you. Disengaging may not be easily as accessible to you because to do so would further put yourself at risk of being depleted in ways that you probably wouldn't be able to handle. That's a tougher scenario, isn't it? 
what options do you have even in those places? This for me is a really important subject, friends, because as I think about detaching, I'm often thinking about how can we experience more health in our existence? Health not in a rigorous sort of a working out in the gym and working to get healthy that way, but more so health mentally, health uh, uh, emotionally, health relationally. That's sort of my wheelhouse. That's where I want to uh, focus time on. And so when I think about detaching, that's primarily where my mind goes is to think in terms of what are those influences, what are those experiences, what are those settings in life that bring you greater joy, that bring you greater growth, that bring you greater happiness versus what are those things in your life that take away those elements? What are those things in your life that are more exhausting, that are more discouraging, that are more, they, 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 they breed a lot more um, sadness and, and hopelessness. So and understanding these elements are what I find at the very heart of figuring out which things I want to detach from in life and which things I want to attach to. These are really important questions for us to be asking on an ongoing daily basis because you and I as human beings, we're not lone islands. We're not sort of set unto ourselves in this zone. It's the kind of dynamic where being social, we're going to rub off on each other. We're going to be able to... Um, influence and affect each other in either helpful ways or unhelpful ways. And so when I think about my place in community, I'm thinking about who are those influences in my life that are going to be good? I want to attach to those. And who are those influences in my life that are not so helpful? And how can I detach from them? How can I move away from them? Because this is not serving me. Does this make sense to you, friends? I hope so. So that's why I find today's question really pertinent and um, important to consider. How often do you practice detaching in your life? Is the kind of detaching that you're committing yourself to help, helpful and healthy, or is it unhelpful and unhealthy, and you probably want to learn some different components? Let me touch just briefly, because I did pose a challenge um, just a few moments ago, saying some of you may be in settings and scenarios that are really difficult to get out of. You want to detach. You see that it's important for you to to detach because this is not doing you really well. But you can't detach because you don't have that option. To detach at this moment in time would leave you further vulnerable. It would leave you further depleted in your resources. It would leave you in a place where you're not really able to move forward. So you feel compelled to stay in that setting that you'd rather detach from. Even though it's really bad setting, you still feel, I need to get out of here, but I don't have that option. Maybe you are reliant economically. Maybe you um, are committed by way of contract or whatever else it is that's keeping you in that spot there. What options do you have to detach when you can't physically remove yourself? Let me suggest this, and this is easier said than done. Those those places that you're in that you want to get out of, the way you want to detach from, but you can't at this present moment, one of the power that those scenarios and settings have is to convince you that you're hopelessly stuck. You have no more options. And that is a really difficult place to be. So difficult because in that zone, you sort of give up the fight. You sort of throw up the, uh, throw up the towel and say, I guess I'm just going to resign myself to this existence, even though it's unhappy, right? Hey, Miss Gano, I saw you. I didn't ignore you. I, I acknowledged you. 
I see you, Miss Canel, and I appreciate you being here in case you missed that. Let me just make sure you hear that because I do value you too. But in those settings where you are, yeah, in those settings where you are not having many options to get out, what could you do? Here's what I would suggest for you. The power of those settings to convince you that you're done for, that you have no hope, is really high. What I'm going to propose is another option. The last frontier that you still have at your, um, like where you still have control, is not the circumstances outside of you that you can't control. Not at all. The last frontier where you still have control is the space between your ears, your mind, your heart, your feelings. Now, this is where I say it's easier said than done, but I would propose in this space right here, with help, you can almost own your reality whereby you could be in a difficult scenario or circumstance but the last place that you cannot conquer is your will and your sense of purpose your sense of saying hey i'm still in control of what's going on here practicing mind games um, i guess you could see it in that way perhaps i'm talking about something more palpable and that is where you're able to be aware of the various stories you see there's various stories that we're susceptible to there's the stories externally to us where it's like okay this person is saying this this person is trying to communicate this and i have the option of either believing this story this narrative or i can choose a different pathway and say this is what i find more compelling now listen closely dear friends because we're in community and because we're influenced to some extent, many of us believe the story that is floated by those external to us. Many of us believe the story that others tell us. And often that story, that narrative is one that is is one of put, putting down ourselves. When people say, you're not worth my time, you are not smart, you're not attractive, you're not valuable, you're not important. So all those kind of communiques that we are receiving at some point we internalize those and most of us we believe those stories unfortunately we sort of go down that pathway and it's a sad context when you are in that space and you are influenced by such narratives the option you have however dear friends is this listen carefully the option the other option you have is to say here's what is being proposed as a story for me to consider and this story is not one that makes me feel good or or doesn't affirm me or doesn't build me up. I can believe this story or I can believe the other story that I know to be true. And that story that I want you to believe is the one that you're going to tell yourself based on how well you know yourself. You know better than anyone else your intentions. You know better than anyone else why you're putting yourself out there and the way you're engaging. You know where it's coming from. You know how you're trying to go about and navigate. And so you knowing your own story... Um, a lot of times we deplete the worth of our story and saying, obviously this is not their reality, so I, it, it's illegitimate. Can I suggest that actually your story is very, very legitimate? And when you base more weight on the story you tell yourself about how well you know yourself and the intentions from which you're coming from, the better you can guard yourself from the influence that's negative of those around you. Let me see if I can give you some examples here. I'll give you some examples. Um, many of you know that I'm an Uber driver and that I've had tremendous success in um, sharing my story as an Uber driver with, and, and in the way that I connect with people. Now, even though I'm really successful socially, 
it doesn't mean that I'm 100% successful. Let me tell you what I mean. Yes, I get along with most people. Yes, I'm able to connect meaningfully with so many. But there are people who are like, actually, you're not my jam. I'm not interested. Please don't talk to me. Don't engage with me. Now, as I listen to that kind of feedback, once upon a time, I used to believe that and say, oh, man, I feel worthless because they don't think I'm worthwhile. That's how I was once upon a time. However, now I have a different superpower where I'm far more aware of the intentions I'm bringing to the table. My intentions, I believe, are good, just like most of your intentions are good as you engage and you interact with your world. These are how I want to connect with the world around me. They are from good intentions. But when someone else does not see that intention and they don't have access to it and they speak ill of it, they speak bad of what my intentions are saying, please don't engage with me. You, Your intentions are bad or you're a bad person or I'm not interested in you or you're, you're not worthwhile. Once upon a time where I believed their assessment far more than I did mine and I walked away feeling worthless and depleted, now I'm like, hey, that's their perspective that I can acknowledge that that's the reality. I'm going to honor their perception, whatever it is, as theirs. I'm going to make sure they have freedom to have access to it. But it doesn't mean, dear friends, that I have to accept it. It doesn't mean that I have to appropriate it to myself and saying, ah, it must be true what they're saying. Why? Because they don't know me as well as I know myself. I know myself far better than they do. I know the the spirit from which I wanted to offer myself to this world and engage with this world. And so that's the most important part most important part for me. Uh, my dear Annie, I see your question there in reference to Ethiopia. However, it's not the place for me to comment on that right now because right now I'm dealing with something I feel far more important and I can say far more important even though I'm an Ethiopian as well too. And so, um, yeah, politics isn't really the premise for this podcast and this show. I would love to engage with you on a different dynamic and share with you my thoughts, but not at this um, point in time, because right now we're dealing with something far more important in my estimation. But thank you for the question. I do appreciate it. I'm just going to choose to bypass that question because it's not the theme of what I'm focusing on right now. And I want to serve my listening community with what I think is really important right now. But thank you for engaging with me. I super appreciate that. So does this make sense, friends, that we have the power to believe whichever story is most compelling? Most of us believe you're very welcome. And, 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 and most of us believe stories that are uh, that downplay our significance. Why? Because we've been brought up believing the worst case story. For example, you listen to the news. What's uh, selling right now in the news is the worst case story. The worst case scenario. Most are like, hey, the world is going to hell in a handbasket because that's the news that we're being uh, fed right now. And it's far more compelling, right? Same thing with our own person, with our own identity, with our, our own existence. We find it far more compelling to believe stories that downplay our worth and our significance in this world. Whereas it's far more challenging to believe stories and narratives whereby we can say, hey, I'm... I'm a worthwhile person. There's something that I was made to accomplish, and I have worth and importance in this life, and I'm going to seek about trying to accomplish it. We get far easier, like it's far more easier for us to be discouraged when we are put down 
than when we can build ourselves up. And the superpower you have within yourself is to be able to start believing a different story. And that's why I focus on awareness in that first piece of, or the first pillar of this podcast. How aware can we be of ourselves to be able to know ourselves well enough to go forward from this place of strength saying, I know who I am. I know the intentions that I have. And I find that far more convincing than anyone could ever say anything about me that is uh, degrading or uh, discouraging or diminishing. Does this make sense? Now, for most of you, that you may be listening to that and say, that sounds wonderful, but I don't know if I can even start believing that. This is where I would say it's so helpful to be part of a community that is going to give you an assist, a community that's going to affirm you and build you up to that place and saying, hey, you got what it takes, right, to be able to see your own worth, to be able to see your own contributions, to be to know that you're valuable and important to someone, that they really value your existence and your input and your contributions. It's really helpful to find such a community of friends, truth um, truth tellers who are tactful in the way they tell the truth, not in a way that says, actually, you're a terrible person. No, in a way that they, they, can, they can say something like, uh, I think here's a good point I see, but here's the areas that I'd love to encourage you to consider growth in. Encouraging people that way. What does it look like to find those people? If you're having trouble finding that group of people in your life, give me a message. I would love to give you some insights of what to look for in said people in your life and how you could go about learning to trust, learning to build foundational relationships and such a place where you can find those connections. Now, let me circle back again to the question and see if I can tie all this together because I've just gone on a bit of a tangent here. The question we're answering is how often do you practice detaching in your life? Can I tell you something, friends? For me, it makes sense that for our health right here, it's really important to know the influences that are, co- that are coming in here. The influences that are coming in here that are unhelpful, that tend to bring down the, the mood in your mind, in your heart, in your emotional state of being, those are the ones that I would encourage you to consider practicing intentional detachment from. How can you create space and disengage from those settings? Yes, some of you might be stuck in those settings and you can't quite walk away. How can you continue to protect this zone here by speaking to yourself uh, words of affirmation, for example, or things that you know are true about yourself where you're like, this makes a lot more sense to me and I'm going to believe this story instead of this story that I'm continually hearing. And how can I surround myself with people in my life that are going to give me a different um, investment in here where I feel a lot better because of the time we spent together? That's where I'd say real healthy detachments can be happening in your own context is considering the kind of company you keep, for example, the kind of place that you're in. Is it going to be conducive for you? If it's not developing you in a better way, perhaps consider what healthy detachment there looks like in planning your segue away from said circumstance or relationship by finding others to replace it with, finding out how to invest well. And then places where it's not helpful or healthy to detach are when you have good influences in your life, when you have good people in your life, when you have good settings and circumstances in your life, whereby you know that their investment is good, but you may not appreciate it, even though you know it's good and you detach from them. You're doing so at your own, um, how can I say, you're, you're, you're doing so at your own um Depletion is the word I'm thinking of. Like you're, you're really not helping yourself in such a setting when you move away from said, said circumstance. So, healthy detachment. 
How often do you practice healthy detachment? I hope it's often. How often do you um, practice unhealthy detachment? I hope you're diminishing said experiences in your life. But what does that look like for you? It takes some intentional planning, I would say. But in the meantime, dear friends, as you're considering what that looks like for each and every one of you, can I encourage you to consider who are those influences in your life presently that are sowing good? Who are those influences in your life that are building you up? Who are those influences in your life that are, aren't making life necessarily easy, but you can tell by the way that they are investing in you? Even though they're making a sweat perhaps a little bit, it's for good. It's for something that is solidifying a beautiful outcome in your own context. What does that look like for you as you're going forward in your experience? I hope that this question today is going to give you pause to be able to say, where am I at presently? Where do I need to detach from? Why am I detaching from this scenario or from this relationship or connection? Where do I want to attach myself to if I'm going to consider detaching over here? I would say this is one of those um, questions that reminds us of our humanity, that we can't do this on our own, that we are really social beings who thrive in the context of influencing and being influenced. The real question is, is it good influences in your life? Is it good investments that others are making around you and that you're making in yourself? You are you are worthwhile, my dear listener, to experience such a setting where over time you're really thrilled about what you're seeing going on in here. For most people, they struggle because they don't like what they see going on here because they never have been helped to process intentionally. How can I grow? This is the nuts and bolts. Thank you for being a part of this podcast, 104th episode today. I hope to see you tomorrow and we'll ring in a Friday before the weekend. Love you guys. Bye for now.